Hey, welcome to the Fungi Collective. Now, as I promised today, this is episode 69. It'll be explicit. It'll contain language, maybe, uh, well, maybe a couple sector references because, for example, uh, <laughs> I love the fact that uh, this is episode 69 and I couldn't resist making some sort of joke about that. But yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give the shout outs to the following people Teacup Arenos, Classic Blondes, Naked Airplane, KO, Savage Elbow, Colorful Grande, Elsa One, Sam from IJ, Still Mellow, Lee JM75, Contrera. Jessica Cat, Pack Cat, Mary Amber, Real Sharks Podcast, a.k.a. Riri Shaku, Autistic in Melbourne, Ashy Slashy, Heavenly Imagine, Rose the Gully, Larry, 1937, My Belly Unicorn, Nathan Seabolt, Dev Diner, Talk Me Into, Schlock V, Films with Amy, Zeus, of course, did I list Zeus? Uh, if I haven't, I'm sorry, but I will list you right now. Uh, Film Mama Tick, Liz Slade, Elsie Cool, Zach Ascot, Saved by His Grace 72, Craig Fisher, and Caution Spoilers. But, yeah, not real spoilers, but I'm about to spoil who won, so, yeah, come back to us uh, when you've seen the, uh, you've probably recorded the ceremony and all that. So, yeah, anyway, I would like to say that uh, we, we just made history. I was a witness to history. History happened right in front of me, okay? And that is Parasite winning Best Picture. Now, I know that The Shape of Water was the first film that, uh, well, maybe not the first film, but it was one of the other films that, uh, you know, Guillermo, forgive me for fucking up your name there, Mr. Del Toro. Um, so uh, he won, you know, he's directed Spanish language films. Uh, he did The Shape of Water, which won Best Picture. That was an English language film. But then we've made history. The first ever film outside of the English language to ever win Best Picture, and that is Parasite. Now, I can't wait to get a hold of this film. I will be... S- Next time I go over to JB Hi-Fi, I will be buying this movie. I, I you know, I, I kept hearing, you know, like, learn nothing about it. Just put it on, be entranced. And I was thinking, hey, even before all this awards buzz, I really, really, really wanted to see this film. And I guess film Twitter knows a good film when it comes out early. Because some of you have, have advanced screenings and stuff. Anyway, I digress. Another big announcement that they had is in December, the Academy Museum is going to open in America at www.academymuseum.org. Um, that's the official website, but they're going to have a physical building, believe it or not, which I find insane and that is amazing. And if I ever go to America, I'm visiting that place. Oh, I will. But yeah, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, we have... Uh, we have the first female composer at the Academy Awards, as Brie Larson, Gal Gadot, and Sigourney Weaver made a point to say. We had the first Eminem performance at the Academy Awards. Uh, that is because he refused to perform Lose Yourself Censored in 2002 when 8 Mile won that Best Original Song Award. But then it's performed at Censored here. A couple of words that he had to mute. I think he skipped a verse. But still, he did. He He performed it. And I bet that's going to be some sort of material for his new songs. I, I I really, I like Eminem as an artist, personally. He's not without his flaws, you know? Nobody's perfect, but I like his music. There, I said it. And yeah, big Quentin Tarantino fan, although I was honestly not expecting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to really win the best picture or anything. You know, I don't think it's the best picture of the year. I, I never I never saw all the nominees, but I'm really glad to see Parasite. I really want to see Parasite, so that's one that I definitely want to go for. Anyway, um, yeah, we have the first best pick. Yeah, I, was, I said that already. But I absolutely love the, uh, the the happiness of this ceremony. I love the happiness, the uh, 
excitement, the joy, the speeches that inspire people like me and people like you. And there's a reason you sit through the ceremony. Some people say that it's like just a, a gratuitous celebration of Hollywood. And yeah, Hollywood can be good and bad. And we like to focus on the good, but also we acknowledge the bad here at the Film Geek Collective. But also, I absolutely just love as I said, the excitement, and there's a reason that I watch them. There's a reason I see these actors up there. I'm inspired by them. I'm inspired by a lot of talent in that room, you know? People who have made it, people who have tried their damnedest to get up on that stage and in front of everyone at the Dolby Theatre. That's another place I've got to visit if I ever get to America, but honestly... I, enough rambling, let's get on to the uh, nominees and the, uh, I'll be honest about the ones I've seen and the ones I didn't. So uh, I'm going to start from the bottom here. I'm going to go from uh, least important to most important. So uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, I was kind of mixed on that one. That was for best visual effects. Um, Great visual effects in that film, of course. I won't say any spoilers because people probably still haven't seen Star Wars. I'm not going to say spoilers for any of them, don't worry. But uh, The Lion King is another nominee there. Well, honestly, I think that The Lion King really... That one is just like a carbon copy, it seems, of the original. That's why I'm not going to see Lion King. I deliberately will go out of my way to not see the new one. I'll stick with the old one, thank you. Um, The Irishman. The de-aging visual effects weren't so bad. Although, you know, technology will improve, things will get better. And CGI's come a long way. I reckon it was fine myself, the way they de-aged uh, De Niro, Al Pacino, etc. Uh, let's see what else. Avengers Endgame, fantastic movie. Culmination of every Marvel movie in progress. And that was brilliant. And I loved it. And, well, it just occurred to me that uh, the best visual effects win in 1917. I did not know that in the demo reel when they were building, when they were showing off the visual effects, how they how they were built, I was like, they really built that house out of CG? That's, that's amazing. So yeah, I'm not entirely against CG. I'll always prefer practical, which I think CG is visual effects and practical is special effects. There is that difference for those who don't know. But uh, best uh, film editing. Um, out of the ones I've seen, well, Ford versus Ferrari won, but The Irishman... The veteran editor, Thelma Schoonmaker. Um, if you need a, an example of a strong woman, then, you know, Thelma Schoonmaker has been out there for ages editing Martin Scorsese's films. She is a great role model for any women who want to get into editing and the film industry in general. And she's continuously just been a great person in the industry, you know? Um, anyway, um, best makeup and hairstyling, don't care about that too much, uh, costume design went to Little Women, but for those who are interested in makeup and hairstyling, Bombshell won. Best production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that really, if nothing else, that really set you back to the 1960s Hollywood, I know lots of people say that, but hell, half the film was just touring around 1960s Hollywood, so I would be surprised if it didn't win best production design, not to mention the budget for it. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino gets, like, carte blanche with that these days. So, yeah, best cinematography. Um, well, Joker looked pretty good. I've I've not seen 1917 or The Lighthouse yet, I'm sorry. I don't get the time or money to see everything, basically. Um, you can tell at around September, that's normally when the Oscar bait comes out. Uh, that's stereotypically when the Oscar bait comes out. And uh, typically to get best picture, you have to... Uh, 
you have to do a transformation, have a disability in your film, or based on a true story, or a combination of the three or two or whatever. That's basically how you win an award <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> but honestly, yeah, they they call it Oscar bait. Like the imitation game would be a perfect example of Oscar bait. You know, uh, <clears throat> in a way, it's a it's a true story. It's a good movie, by the way. In a way, it's like a true story of uh, a, a guy who cracks, who tries to crack a code, basically. And yeah, I'm not going to say any more about it. But let's see, best uh, sound editing and mixing. I've been really interested in getting into that myself because I was thinking, going back to uh, Shopfront. Uh, I I love Shopfront. It's a Sydney program for for young people to uh, engage their creative talents with other people. So yeah, that's really good. I'd be interested to look more into that. Like I know Apocalypse Now and The Godfather have some great examples of sound mixing and editing. So yeah, um, let's see. Best original song. Elton John won that one, and uh, I think that I never saw Rocket Man, but I was really expecting Into the Unknown to win. Honestly, Frozen Two to me was better than the first one, and Into the Unknown was better than Let It Go. I'm gonna be completely honest there. Best original score, Joker. I didn't really, I don't really notice the scores in movies too much. I do when it's really memorable, like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. And forgive me, that's just someone coming in. But uh, yeah, continuing the podcast, I would just like to say, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the short films. You, uh, they weren't like free on YouTube, most of them, and I didn't want a pirate or anything. So there's that. Uh, what else? Well, Parasite, I told you about the Best Picture win. You've got the Best International Feature Film win. You've got the Best Original Screenplay win. You've got the uh, Best Director and Best Picture. And that hasn't happened for a while. Best Director and Best Picture have been separate movies for the last several years before this, you know. But yeah, I was really expecting the Academy would just favour 1917, if anything. And the fact that I saw History right in front of my eyes, was amazing. I, <laughs> I I know it's kind of sounds like I'm fanboying a little bit, but who gives a shit, honestly? I can fanboy if I want. <laughs> but yeah, um, in a way, like, I'm not going to over, over fanboy. I'm not going to defend a franchise no matter what. You know, uh, like like Chris Duckman has said, if if an installment's bad, I'll tell you. And that's what he said, and I agree with it. So uh, yeah, uh, what else? Well, Best Adapted Screenplay, I really, I love Jojo Rabbit. I recommend you guys see it when you can. I got to actually see that one in cinemas. Marriage Story, that's on my Netflix list in Best Supporting Actress. You know, Laura Dern, for some reason, whenever Laura Dern's name appears, I always just think Jurassic Park. But then I haven't really seen her in anything else. So yeah, I'd be curious now to watch Marriage Story properly. I saw about the first 20 minutes for some reason, and then I was distracted. Sometimes it does happen, given my busy schedule and, you know, I mean, somewhat busy schedule. I'm not like a workaholic yet. (laughs) But yeah, I never really, I don't think Judy, I know Renee Zellweger won for Judy in Best Actress. But honestly, I think that, well, I, I never really saw Judy get any awards buzz, nor did I see it advertised too much. It was just there, you know, flying under the radar. But yeah, I'm honestly, I'm really surprised that Joe Pesci was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in The Irishman. Now that guy's a great actor. 
I mean, not only does he have to stifle his curses in Home Alone, but he's the master of profane rants in Goodfellas. I mean, Goodfellas, um, it's probably many people's favourite performance from Joe Pesci, of course. But uh, yeah, <laughs> what? so I have some other notes about the award ceremony. But yeah, I I think that uh, in the past year, Natalie Portman, this came back in a big way, by the way, um, I didn't notice this at first, but she was uh, she was wearing a dress with the names of uh, of female actors. Sorry, female. Sorry, women. Women who were were uh, who were snubbed for awards in some capacity, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, this was Natalie Portman was brave enough, like a few years ago, to say uh, the all male nominees. Just you, you know, just pointing out in a certain category. That, uh, well, you get the point. Anyway, um, I really love, I, I loved the intro with Janelle Monet as, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but sorry if I didn't. Uh, Tom Hanks, Margot Robbie seemed to love it. And she interacted with Tom Hanks. I mean, that was really sweet. And it was just awesome. My, one of my idols, Martin Scorsese, um, people, I don't think he seems to mind that much, but people keep mispronouncing that as Scorsese but the actual pronunciation is Scorsese. Um, they even did so in some of the speeches. But again, uh, Marty didn't really seem to mind that too much. He got he got the he got the point <laughs> of that, that it was just good vibes, you know, nothing bad to say. And I just loved when uh, Bong Joon Ho. I know the naming conventions a bit different in Korea, but I'm gonna go with Bong Joon Ho for simplicity because that's how they said it at the awards. But uh, <coughs> um. Yeah, when he mentioned Martin Scorsese was one of his influences and that he studied his films, I just loved that reaction shot of him just beaming and just being really overjoyed. To see your idol get overjoyed, one of your idols, you know, that is that is great within itself, you know. I just I just love seeing people be happy. What can I say? <laughs> and let's see how many guests I recognized. I mean, for starters, we have... Uh, I know some of them presented, but in the crowd we had Natalie Portman, Adam Driver, Brad Pitt, Margaret Qualley, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, Robert Wilson, Tom Hanks, Til- Timothy Chalamet, Jeff Bezos, La- Laura Dern, Martin Scorsese, Ray Romano, Cynthia Erivo, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci actually was not at the ceremony, which actually quite surprised me. I love the intro with uh, Steve Martin and Chris Rock, and, uh, you know, where uh, <coughs> Steve said that uh, he had joked, sorry, he was joking about he hosted it before, but then there was no host and he'd been like demoted and uh, that he was saying he was assuring the names would be said correctly. They took a jab back at when John Travolta pr- pronounced Idina Menzel as Adele Dazeem. <laughs> but but still, anyway, um, I just, I love the jab Chris Rock took at the Irishman. I love the Irishman. But I really do like the Irishman. But, uh, you know, they were saying, I love the first season of The Irishman. And and Steve Martin's like, that Ray Romano movie. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's a common theme that uh, they want more women to be nominated. And I'm on that side, too, which uh, during that opening monologue, there was the fantastic quip, you know, uh, Steve Martin saying, I thought there was something missing this year. And Chris Rock's like, vaginas? <laughs> <laughs> but that made a really good point. I mean, I really want more women to be nominated. I just want gender equality in the nominations. 
So yeah, they also pointed out the interesting fact there were no black acting nominees in 1949, but there was one in 2020. Again, something they could diversify. I know they have to pick the uh, best actor or actress or whatever, but, you know, try to, if they haven't already, try to consider more races, more, more, you know, diversity, you know? But that's just me, though. That Maybe that's not just me, but there was a, a controversy back when it was a hashtag Oscars so white, where uh, not enough black people were nominated or no black people or very little were nominated at all. And there was a big controversy about that. And one of my friends, um, she told me that she thought the, the awards were racist. And I was going through this ceremony and I was trying to see, you know, how could it be racist? But then I can understand the history and I can understand that uh, maybe they're not diverse enough sometimes. But still, honestly, I think that they're not, they're not perfect people. Even if they've had, even if they've had problematic things in the past, they could always improve the organization, you know, and uh, even if they don't nominate the films, you know, the Academy Awards, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but it's not going to be, it is, it is built up as this be all and end all. Now I love seeing the Oscars. I love them, but honestly, it's not quite the be all and end all, despite how much it may seem like it. And I just thought of this now because honestly, the Oscars, you know, where one of my other friends said, you know, it's more like a popularity contest among the elite. And I can kind of get that, you know, like, uh, I think that, uh, it's, it's sadly radical that a foreign film won best picture, although I'm really happy for its victory at the same time, you know, but yeah, that's uh that's an improvement on diversity. Previously, no best foreign language film won best picture. And again, I, I loved being there to see history happen. I can't get enough of that. <laughs> but still, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I really liked uh, Brad Pitt's speech where he was saying Quentin Tarantino's original one of a kind. And, uh, you know, because Brad Pitt won supporting actor, he was like to Leo, I'll ride on your coattails any day, man. And, you know, all these memories about seeing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid at the drive-in, I'm just thinking, hey, I hope they keep around the drive-ins. That's like a nostalgic experience for me. You know, I bet Brad Pitt makes many people miss drive-ins, honestly. I miss (laughs) drive-ins. But, yeah. So, yeah, Regina King presented Best Supporting Actor, and that was Brad Pitt, of course. I wish that uh, the reels that they do for the various films, there were a few spoilers for... uh, I think there was a spoiler for Rise of Skywalker and there were a couple spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood within the reels, like they figured we wouldn't notice. And yeah, if you want people to see these movies, then don't fucking spoil them in the reels. That's my opinion. (laughs) But yeah, honestly, I think that best animated feature out of Toy Story 4, How to Train Your Dragon 3, I actually preferred How to Train Your Dragon 3. Toy Story 4 is not quite on par with the uh, with uh, the first three. The first three are a masterpiece. Like, collectively, they're all masterpieces. I love that trilogy. But seriously, I, I, I really did like the speech, though. You know, they were saying, Toy Story is like a love letter to our families. They hope the Toy Story films in general help people grow up a little easier. And I loved... 
that they did that, you know? I know I'm, again, I'm kind of gushing, but the Oscars gets me excited, okay? And I just said some criticisms before, so don't assume I'm just some blind fanboy. <laughs> All right, but yeah, the Oscars were classy. The ads were not. <laughs> now, the first ad we get for was for, for bloody Home and Away. For those who don't know what Home and Away is, that's basically, I call it acting class the show. I don't personally care for Home and Away, but I understand that both Home and Away and Neighbours, uh, they they get actors, they get some really good actors who go on to do bigger, better things. But yeah, classy Oscars with non-classy shows, soap operas, a fucking soap opera advertised during the... I can't get over that. <laughs> but the, uh, the closest we had to a TV show here was The Irishman, and I'm not the first one to make that joke. The Irishman was nowhere near a soap by the way. I do, however, highly recommend The Irishman, preferably on your television or computer, but honestly, I don't care where you view a film. 209 minutes of a sprawling story that's also reflective, meditative, and something closer to Once Upon a Time in America than Goodfellas. It's also what The Godfather Part 3 should have been. So, yeah. Best animated short films, they look really interesting. I'm pretty sure Hair Love is available legally on YouTube. That was the one that won. The award was, in fact, dedicated to Kobe Bryant, who recently passed away in an accident. Uh, Josh Gad introduced the next category, which uh, I thought, <laughs> this is uh, his opinion. I'm not saying, this is just his opinion. But, uh, you know, he was saying uh, Frozen 2, or as climate change deniers call it, not Frozen 2. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think that he introduced a pretty good segment with Idina Menzel performing Into the Unknown. So, uh, of course, he took another jab at the Adele Dazeem thing that I mentioned earlier. But it didn't win Best Original Song, it turned out, you know? I thought I was listening to the Best Original Song when it came on, but they got to a bunch of different people doing it in Japanese, Polish, Thai, Castilian, German, Norwegian, Russian, Spanish, and Danish. And, yeah... Hearing how it sounds in all the different languages, it's really interesting. If you get, like, a DVD or Blu-ray, quite a few of them will have multiple language tracks. Uh, not the more basic ones, but you know what I mean. Uh, you can, yeah, you can listen to the dubbing actors, maybe. It's like seeing one of the, uh, it's like seeing a fistful of dollars and, uh, you know, uh, seeing that uh, the lips don't move to the language because, of course, that naturally happens. In that case, Italian films like lower budget Italian films would uh, have one language dubbed over. Whoever didn't speak that, see, say it was in English. Now in, uh, now a fistful of dollars was produced uh, in the, like for the US in English, but there was an Italian version too. So some actors spoke Italian, some actors spoke English and they just, uh, in the end, depending what version you watched, either Clint Eastwood's lips are not going to move right or the Italian actor's lips are not going to move right. So yeah, we got a couple of film advertisements, Richard Jewell, um, 1917, those were during the breaks, but uh, yeah, uh, the performance I was mentioning with the, with the, uh, all the different women singing Into the Unknown was absolutely amazing. I could not believe how it sounded without any modifiers, perfect, no auto-tune crap in this one, it's like a studio recording, um, but I am pitch perfect, so I did notice that that uh, the song was done in a different pitch, which, I don't know, maybe they could have kept it in the same pitch, but that's a minor nitpick, and don't take that entire, entirely seriously. So, yeah, 
Our next presenter is Kelly Marie Tran, who introduced that she plays Rose Tico in The Last Jedi. And I know you're going to give me shit for this, but I actually enjoyed The Last Jedi, okay? It was the best of the sequel trilogy by far. And yeah, and I'm not going to listen to any of the trolls. So yeah, she introduced onto stage Diane Keaton and Keanu Reeves. And they did Best Original Screenplay, which ended up going to, well, Parasite. And they had a bit of a speech, and each speech that uh, Bong Joon-ho was at, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, I'm so sorry if I'm not, Uh, but each speech that he would do, he would speak mostly in Korean, and then someone would translate for him, which I thought was a pretty cool way to do that. You know, more people can make speeches, more people can be nominated more easily, I guess. But uh, yeah, for Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, Jojo Rabbit, of course. I really loved Jojo Rabbit, honestly, go see it when you can. Uh, I didn't know Shia LaBeouf was, uh, still presenting, um, but, you know, he presented for best live-action short film with, uh, I didn't catch his last name, but there was this, uh, kid called Zack, uh, yeah, but, uh, also, I thought it was, I thought it was quite funny when Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig, they acted a bit upset on stage at first, but then they revealed they were kind of joking, I mean, they were joking, but you could see Martin Scorsese in the audience. He was in hysterics. <laughs> I'm, yeah, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, of course, won. And I said earlier why I liked it. So uh, they introduced Best Costume Design, but there was like a mini musical med- medley. They were like, hey, we're going to sing this instead. Uh, the winner was Little Women. But every time they went to an original song to perform before Best Original Song would have been announced, like Best Original Song was not announced till way later, but they abruptly just went to the original songs being performed. In this case, uh, an original song from the film Breakthrough. There was also one from Harriet. I know that uh, my uh, podcasting friend Miriam has uh, seen Harriet and quite liked it. So yeah, there's that. Um, Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) I guess maybe I'm being a bit too loud for the neighbours. I'll just go into the mic like this. So yeah. Greta Thunberg was included in the montage they introduced as Best Documentary. What a hero Greta is, in my opinion. And, you know, I I get really angry at the online vitriol. So if you are one of those low-life trolls who mocks her with ad hominem personal attacks, then fuck you. So, yeah, I just really, yeah. Like, even if you disagree with her point, don't don't personally attack her. Like, don't do that to her. That is just wrong. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on to the other subjects now. So uh, anyway, Mark Ruffalo is the one to introduce best documentary for feature film. American Factory one. I'm not really that big in the documentaries, but there are two documentaries that I did see, which are That Sugar Film and Life Animated. Both highly, highly recommended, especially Life Animated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Of course, anyone working in the in the field of, uh, you know, taking care of kids with autism will probably know quite a few things, you know. Sometimes, I mean, often they'll be seeing documentaries on autism all day and so they'll be like, this is nothing new that I know, but it's still a really interesting story about a kid who likes Disney films. So, yeah. Um, so, what else? Uh, I think that for best... Uh, Let's see, there was a Best Original Score montage and 
There was one film I couldn't name, but I named all the rest of them. Uh, Risky Business, Rocky Four, Breakfast Club, Say Anything, Purple Rain, Titanic, The Bodyguard, Ghost, La Bamba, Almost Famous, Wayne's World, Party Time, Excellent, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, Footloose, The Graduate, uh, Moulin Rouge, Do the Right Thing, Back to the Future. Really good transition between those two. Fight the power of love. You know, you get what I mean. That wasn't the best voice. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, Deliverance, 8 Mile, and then... I, whoa, you know how I said I liked Eminem's music? Well, he came on and he performed Lose Yourself and it was glorious. And I told you the story about it. Turn the motherfucking roof off. And yeah, no comment on best sound editing and mixing. I don't know too much about those. You know, I, I know a lot about film, but there are still some things I don't quite know. There are still some things I'm learning. Like you're always learning. I'm always learning and it's okay. So we had another original song performance of Randy Newman performing I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4. That was actually quite good. But, you know, Toy Story 4, again, I didn't really care for it as much as the first three. Stick with the first three mostly, but I'm not saying it's terrible like The Godfather 3 was. But I'm not saying it's like really, really great or anything like that. But, you know, it's somewhere in the mediocre, that one, the fourth installment. Um, anyway, if you have a Disney Plus account, you'll be able to access it if you really want. So, yeah, there was, of course, there was a recap of everyone who won via, I think it was a rap. And, uh, you know, they were, they was they made quite a few of the, of the people laugh, of course. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Tom Hanks, two-time Oscar winner. He was the one who announced the Academy Museum. Again, for those who are curious, go to www.academymuseum.org. Opens exactly in December 2020. And, uh, yeah, the song from Harriet came on. And then there was, uh, after that, there was the Visual Effects Award. Clearly, Rebel Wilson, James Corden taking the piss out of their own movie. They were in full cat costumes. And James Corden, like, battered the microphone at one point. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. But, uh, yeah. Also, I really liked... Ray Romano's uh, shout out for the uh, makeup people who were nominated in the Oscars and even like for the Irishman, which I'm pretty sure was nominated. Um, he was, he, he was just saying how much he loves the makeup people and, uh, you know, how he'd be there for hours. And then someone had come along and say, get the fuck out of my chair. And then, uh, Sandra Oh, who was next to him was of course surprised because you're not allowed to say fuck on American TV unless you are TVMA or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not allowed to say it uh, at the on, on normal television, basically. And she's like, not everything's Netflix, Ray. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But, yeah, Parasite uh, wins foreign film and best picture, which, again, surprised me. Um, yeah, Elton John's song came on. Taika Waititi recognized the ancestral lands which I thought was really good. Honorary Oscars were given to West Judy, David Lynch, Gina Davis, and one more person whose name I can't pronounce. So, yeah. And there was a... I noticed during one of the speeches at one point, there was actually a wrap-up screen on the teleprompter. And every... Just for those who don't know, uh, when, when they really, really want you to be on your last seconds of your speech, they start playing music... And uh, that's why you hear the melodramatic music if someone goes on too long. That's why they're telling you, they're telling you, get off the stage, huh? <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, 
one of the uh, one of the greatest things of this ceremony was uh, Steven Spielberg introducing the in memoriam, and he introduced Billie Eilish to be the musician. I know there are some Billie Eilish fans out there. I personally don't mind her music. Actually, I think it's rather cool. Although I'm more into retro seventies, eighties, nineties, basically anything late twentieth century myself. But yeah. I think Billie Eilish is one of the better modern artists, and uh, to think she got a chance to perform in front of Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, all in attendance, you know? But still, the In Memoriam, oh man, it always... I always look at the In Memoriam, and I'm thinking, what a legacy these people are going to leave, what a legacy these people have already left, what inspirations, you know? And I really... You know, inside I get a little bit emotional viewing each in memoriam, you know? It's just so sad to see how many have passed and all the all the families they have and all the, uh, just everything, you know? But, yeah. So, uh, going on, um, that's, that's all I really got to say about the ceremony. I thought this might be my longest podcast ever. I was originally going to make it one, two hours or something like that, which would have been unusual for me. But yeah, <laughs> so I saw history and you saw history if you were watching the ceremony. But uh, yeah, in terms of Oscars, you know, I think that uh, Quentin Tarantino has previously won for Best Original Screenplay for both Pulp Fiction and Django Unchained. I'm pretty sure Good Will Hunting won Original Screenplay in the 97 Awards. Uh, this was a fish. Yes, yes, puss. Sorry, that's my cat. She wants to come in. But um, anyway... Uh, yeah, I really, I'm actually, I really just, uh, I love the awards. They're an inspiration. I'm doing a podcast, cat. Will you stop meowing? So I'm sorry about my cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, but as soon as I'm going out again, I'm getting Parasite. That's for damn sure. And, uh, you know, when I, when I get it, I will try to review it, uh, pretty soon. Like, I've got a bunch of other stuff to do. Like, still, I gotta do Baba Hotep tomorrow. I gotta do Terminator 1 and 2 for Tessa. Baba Hotep is for Ash. Uh, uh, yeah, I mentioned that. But sometimes I schedule it, sometimes I don't. But the point is, hey, if you want to create, if you want to innovate, if you want to inspire, experiment, anything you want, all right, we need your voice because you can change things for the better.